What's going on, everybody? Um, welcome to another episode of Wide Open Podcast. This is actually the first installment of the Wide Open Podcast road trip where I hit the road interviewing other small business owners. Um, most of them are my friends. Actually, I, I guess all of them would be my friends or I wouldn't wouldn't know them. So, yeah, so first installment of this road trip and i am at 10 soldier race cars and i am joined by jason is it terrell or, or it's terrell isn't it well it, it can be either um my wife's first name is tara so when we <laughs> got married she's like it's gonna be terrell terrell okay we just never really cared but i, I like terrell better but okay. tara didn't want to be tara terrell <laughs> so, yeah. okay all right so we're we're joined here by jason terrell with 10 soldier race cars and yeah i just wanted to spend a couple minutes with you just kind of talking through the business side of the race shop i, I know you and the guys uh, i'm sure y'all get questioned all the time and talk all the time about the race car piece of it but oftentimes the business side of a race shop gets overlooked people don't think about that side of the business yes. and they, they always see your finished product and the the process that goes into building a race car. But man, just the being a business owner piece of it is is immensely um, underrecorded and, and underappreciated, you know, I, I believe. So so yeah, this is this is what the the purpose of Wide Open Podcast is and the purpose of this road trip to kind of see that behind-the-scenes business aspect. So, without further ado, let's get started. So, guys, uh, first installment of the Wide Open Podcast road trip. Like I mentioned, I'm joined with Jason Terrell from Ten Soldier Race Cars. So, um, Jason, I just want to first just kind of introduce who you are. Um, and really, I mean, you're probably the best person to explain who you are <laughs> and, and kind of give the background. So, why don't you just kind of take, you know, a, a little bit and just kind of just tell everyone who you are, what you do, why you do it, things like that. Um, so yeah, like Jeffy said, my name is Jason Terrell. Um, 10 soldier is co-owned by me and my business partner, Brad Schneiders. Um, Brad does not like to be on camera or talk. Uh, so that's, that's more my role. Um, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a dad and a husband, um, have three, uh, little, little people running around that are ages one, uh, five and seven. So we're really busy independently with that. Um, and then my wife also works here at the shop, um, taking care of, you know, all the payroll stuff, the, uh, you know, workers comp, just all the guys vacations or 401ks, all that stuff. She does, she does all the administrative work. So us as a family, um, to kind of pull, myself out of my role here us as a family independently we're pretty busy with all the stuff that we have to do um you know and, and then raising kids and and then racing on top of that so you know we we do have a race car shop but yeah. i believe to have a really great race car shop you cannot not go out and test your product and um you know give people it, it's one thing to build a really nice race car is another uh to be able to know how to get it down the racetrack mm -hmm. um so we've try to pride ourselves on both those yeah. pieces. 
Um, now I'm, I'm 33 years old. Uh, when Brad and I started, I was 26 and he was 25. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> uh, we, and a race car business is interesting, uh, more so that I think than than you know, there's other businesses out there, but I, I'm going to label what we do as a passion business. Mm. So normally, a passion business starts out with uh, one or two or a group of people that are are probably really good at what they do, um, so much so that there's a demand for what they do, mm. uh, and they want to sell that. Mm. Well, they're not salesmen first. They're not businessmen first. They're they're just good at whatever they do. Mm. Um, so that's why most, uh, passion businesses, in my opinion, either fail or they don't make any money because they're good at whatever it is, but they're bad at managing anything that comes in, uh, and they're bad at, you know, turning a profit that, that, that was yeah. turning a profit was the farthest things from our mind when we first started. Yeah. Right. I'll be completely honest with you. Um, and I'd say hey, that's how most people probably start you yeah know, they just figure if i'm good at this i'll make yeah. money and that's not true yeah for sure yeah i mean that's and pay people still will come to me and i'm sure they come to you hey you should do this or that and it's like yeah we probably could do it but like we're from the business aspect where's the profit in it what what is it going to take to do that that task and uh, I, I always think it's it's very interesting um to be told or be asked, hey, you should do this, or you'd be really good at that. It's like, man, you're, you're, people outside of a business or outside of your business, they don't think about all the things it takes and to, to do whatever they're, they're asking and much less the, the profit margins on, on those things. Yes. So, yeah, man, that, that's really awesome. You know, and, and you, you, you hit right off the bat about the your, your family. And, man, I, not only are you running a business of race cars, you know, you've got the, the family structure and that that piece of your life has to have a, a solid foundation to allow you to be able to focus on the, the business piece of it. Um, man, and, and honestly, you're one of those people that I really look up to and I, and, um, I believe really kind of uh, checks those boxes, boxes very well when it comes to managing, you know, family time and business time. Um, and this might be a good time to talk about this because you're yeah. in the in the throes of, of really thrashing over the past few months to to get a car ready. And we can talk, talk about that a, a little more. But um, if you don't mind, kind of dive into kind of maybe some, some uh, tips or tricks that you kind of think through when it comes to balancing personal life and business life. Um, in addition to, I think, small business owners not knowing how to make a profit, I think a lot of them also um, don't know how to maintain that balance. And it gets so far down that rabbit hole sometimes where either the business suffers or, or the family suffers. Um, you, you, probably, you probably know of countless stories of people starting a business, running a business, and then 10 years later or however, five years later, they're going through a divorce because they they couldn't maintain that balance. So I don't know if if you don't mind, kind of you know, spend yeah. a couple of minutes kind of thinking through how, how you do that. I'm not the best at it all the time, um, and my wife would definitely attest to that. <laughs> um, so a couple of things uh, to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, my wife and I, um, we we are we have a relationship with Jesus, and that's what mm. that's what our you know relationship was founded on from the beginning. 
Um, and then when we decided to go down this road of, you know, opening the shop, uh, again, the foundation of that uh, was, uh, you know, what was a Jesus foundation. That's something that, you know, we prayfully entered this thing. And that might not be your thing, but, you know, in the scripture, it, all, it tells us, uh, and this is whether you read the Bible or not, th- mm-hmm. this is just good advice. Yeah. There, you can you can build a house on sand just as easy as you can build a house on rock. Mm. But what happens is if this, the house that's built on sand, it may look the same, it may feel the same, it may do the same stuff. And honestly, the probably the beginning of the construction is probably a little faster because mm-hmm. you're not having to deal with that rock. Well, this deal goes up and then the wind comes and it blows down. Whereas the house that's built on the rock uh, or has a solid, solid foundation um, it can, it can withstand the storms. So for me, uh, my marriage was set up like that and our business was set up the same way. Um, when we started, we chose, we chose to not necessarily take the easy path. Um, we, we, we never borrowed money. Like, mm. um, everything that we did, uh, in the early years was sweat equity. Mm-hmm. So Brad and I worked a lot. We didn't pay ourselves a lot. Mm. Um, and from outside looking in, I think that's where a lot of people maybe screw up, like, because, you know, maybe they had a couple good months and they have a bunch of money in the bank and they go, you know, well, I deserve this or whatever. And mm-hmm. man, the, you, you don't, whatever, you know, that's a whole other side topic. <laughs> um, but we, we would, you know, I remember our first uh, big race car job, we were building a complete car for a guy. Mm. Uh, and we got all the tube work done. And one of our good buddies, his name's Kevin Neal, which if you're in the race car community, you know who Kevin is. But he is so hilarious. Hadn't really ha- got to spend a lot of time with him. But he was coming to check out his buddy's car. And he's looking. He's like, man, the tube work, it all looks great. The chassis looks amazing. Um, you know, what's, you know, obviously you're getting ready to start your tin work and your carbon work. Mm-hmm. He's like, where's all your tools to <laughs> do that? Uh, and we're like, well, we need them to pay us for what we did so that we can go and buy uh, some sheet metal tools and stuff. And, yeah. and that's true, man. I mean, that really happened. Um, so for me, the, the foundation of stuff had to be set up right. And we had to put, my wife always put, uh, ground rules in place, mm. um, for the business that, that, that I had to learn, you know, I, and I was on the same page, but I, I always learned to respect her in those ground rules. Mm. Not that I, again, not that I do that perfect. Um, sure. and then we've always viewed it as a burden of ours to share. So mm. not only is our life, you know, and it's not a burden, it's life. Right. But like, you know, having kids and a house and all this stuff, there's burdens that come with that. There's thing, there's stuff that has to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, kind of, we've always viewed it as a divide and conquer and that everything we wanted to do is what we wanted to accomplish together. So it's not like the race car shop is not me. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's us collectively, mm. and I'm speaking to my wife and I, and Brad, obviously. Sure. Um, but me personally, it's it's our endeavor. And about, I guess Tara's been here maybe two years. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, yeah. And that really helped um, th- us at home. I mean, a lot of people are like, well, I can't believe you work with your wife every day. But, like, I honestly don't work with her that much every day like like brad and i are not micromanagers we are Mm -hmm. we are we believe to bring in people with talent and then let them go and like if my wife wasn't my wife i would still hire her like she's 
she's very talented sure. at being organized and uh you know she has a master's degree <laughs> i mean she you know i'm a proud college dropout so like <laughs> she, she knows opposites uh, attract right yeah she i mean she's great at she was great at whipping us into shape as far as like how our billing went how mm-hmm. everything she went over everything but when we brought her on that really helped our relationship in the regards of she then understood how many times a day the phone rings. She understood how many emails we get. She understood how many messages we we get. She and my wife is a competitive person. Okay, mm. she when we leave to go to the racetrack, if she's not with us, we better we better win, right? <laughs> like that's she's watching them kids at home and sacrificing so that we can you know we can go out and and not only do well for us but do well for the Ten Soldier brand, you know, sure. encompassing that. Um, so, you know, she's she understands, and I'm really lucky in that regards. When I tell her that a car has to get done and, because it has to go to the, the track on this date, she understands that. Mm. Not that she loves that. Sure. She doesn't. Sure. You know, I don't love it. Right. Um, but she understands the, 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 the commitment to the customer. Absolutely. Um, and, and like you, you know, I mean, like like you were, you came in. We, we didn't know each other from Adam, mm-hmm. right? And then we we built a car with you, but you know, because we gelled on so many levels, like now you're, you're a personal friend, right? Mm -hmm. Like, which I'm proud of. I'm proud that we have so many customers that, that turn into friends. Right. And and I've learned, man, not everybody's going to be like that. That's okay. Like, you know, sure. We've had mad customers. We've had all these things, you know, but what I've learned is that a lot of times it's just people just don't gel. Like you're yeah. going to get along with some people yeah. and then some people you're not. So like, it's no harm. Like yeah. if you, it, that's fine, you know? Yeah. Um, so to wrap up your question, yeah, I think it, I think everything has to do with the foundation and then the balancing point um, is just the communication mm-hmm. of it. Like I, I try and I'm not the best communicator and, and uh, but my wife when I tell her we need to do something, I try to stick to that. Uh, the other thing that we don't do, which a lot of people do do, um, Brad and I were very, from the beginning, we, we never wanted to work the weekend. Sure. So we, which, you know, sometimes customers like call and I almost get mad that like, we're not going to be here. I'm like, listen, buddy, like I, I don't want to hate this place. Yeah. So the way that we've done that is we do, we work a lot during the week, you know, but when Friday comes, there has to be a very, very specific circumstance that we're coming in here on a Saturday, Mm. you know, like, Mm -hmm. and that happens. It does. Sure. If we have to do it, we will do it. But we've always wanted to run the business in such a way that um, if you can't be profitable in five days. Yep. Yep. You're not going to be profitable, and, and people would probably yep. disagree with me. But yep. like, buddy, if you, you know what I mean, if you yep. can't do it, and then bring the correct people on, it doesn't matter how many days a week mm-hmm. you work. You, your your ship has a hole in it, yeah, and you are bailing water, yeah. It, you know, you're not patching it; you're bailing. Sure. So it reminds me of of, of, of Chick Fil A, and people that listen to this podcast know my my story. You know, with Chick Fil A and working with them and leaving, but. What you just said about if, if you can't be profitable in five days, you're not going to be profitable in six or seven. Same thing with Chick-fil-A with them being closed on Sundays. Get that question asked all the time. And why are y'all closed on Sundays? And obviously, you know, the 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 founder of, of Chick-fil-A, Truett Cathy, you know, wanted to give his, his employees a day of rest and a day to 
worship if they if they choose or a day to spend with family. And he he always said, you know, if you're not profitable in six days, because you know they're open Monday through Saturday, yeah. you're not going to be profitable in in seven. And it, in the fast food world, it is unheard of to be closed on Sunday. One of the, if not the busiest day in in fast food world. So it's it's really cool to to hear uh, the, the similarities in that. Well, and you don't want like I number one, I don't want to be burnt out. I don't want my business partner to be burnt out. Mm. Um, you know, because Brad and I, like we are, we're business partners. Okay, sure. like that's another marriage. Really, you know, it, <laughs> it truthfully is. Um, but me and him, we're friends first. Right. And then we're business partners. Uh, my guys in the shop, when they're here, like, yeah, I'm friends with my guys, you know, but when they're here, you know, they're working. Sure. But I don't want burnout employees. Sure. I don't, I don't like, especially in a passion business, something that, you know, we are building product to go on somebody's pride and joy, something that they think a lot about, that they dream about, that they want it to be what it, they want it to be how they see it in their head. Mm-hmm. So there's a great responsibility to offer them a premium product that we also care about. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to care as much about the race car as they are. That's just the reality of it. We try to give them all that we can, but you know, emotionally, I, I can't. But, right. <laughs> but anyway, we we want to we want them to feel like when they're here that you know that their race cars are priority to us. Sure. And you don't do that with people that aren't sleeping, that aren't you know going home to their families and 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 getting plugged back in. Mm. Right. Like they people are just like anything else. We have to get charged up. Mm-hmm. If you don't give people the access to the charger. Then they're just sure. they're not yeah. they run on empty, man. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's it's so awesome to hear you um, talk about just the, the how how important it is to have a solid foundation, um, not only in the business world but in you know personal world. Um, you know, if you're married and having a, having a solid foundation in your marriage and things like that. Now, was this always your plan? Uh, I, I think about myself with SFE and like man. Ten years ago, how, like when I was growing up, I, I never once thought like, "Man, I'm going to own a, a facility, you know, maintenance business." That that's my goal. Like, yeah. it, it never was, and then it just happened. Was this your goal? Went from you know when you were younger, you know, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Was it always I want to build race cars? No, it wasn't. Um, I uh, my dad is a drag racer, so that's where the Ten Soldier name come from. Okay, um, his. All his cars were called the Tin Soldier, so okay. he, he has said he's got an impending lawsuit against us for copyright, you know, because <laughs> uh, our name's awesome. Like, I, I would say, yes. not because it's ours, but I'm like, man, it's, and you could probably say, I think it's probably the best name in the, yeah. in the race car industry. Yep. Like, it's a killer name. It is. Um, but anyway, he raced, and uh, my dad races, if you know anything about drag racing, if you're listening to this podcast, it's uh, he raced NHRA stuff, okay. which is more stuffy. A uh, bunch of rules, um, you know. It's and, clean. It's, 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 it's very. It's the clean drag racing. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and uh, and I did it. I just didn't identify with it that much sure. when growing up, and uh, not that I got dragged to the racetrack because I wanted to go, um, but it just wasn't for me, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so I started racing dirt bikes in, uh, in my early uh, teenage years, um, and I got heavily involved with that. Man, I, I loved it. Um, I, you know, as I got older, I kicked around opening a motocross shop because that was my passion. Like, I, I'm one of them people, man, that now that I can Monday quarterback it, right. I, I just didn't want to go to a job that I wasn't passionate about. I, sure. I, I, I just doesn't drive me. Yeah. Um, so that got kicked around. And then, um, 
but then I got older and uh, I was graduating, you know, high school and um, I ended up, everybody left and went and did something with their <laughs> life and I did it. Um, I had an opportunity to ride dirt bikes for money, uh, which not that I was so amazing at it, just kind of came about. <laughs> and uh, I kind of chased that for a little, it was a freestyle deal. So like uh, you would basically, we hit ramps and did tricks um, and I, that was an awesome opportunity, but that's a really hard way to make a living, man. And uh, I, I bet. <laughs> and once I put pressure on myself to be, because I needed to be good at it, um, I started crashing a bunch, and it just kind of took the fun out of riding a motorcycle for me. So then I kind of quit that, and then um, I ended up, my mother, man, uh, I was probably 20 years old, and uh, she knew I was kind of searching, right? And I've always loved people, man. I I, I get that from my mom, yeah. and uh, I I was I can, youth- I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I ended up being a youth pastor at this little Baptist church, and we did that. I uh, did that for a couple years, and that's I had met Tara maybe six seven months before that opportunity came about. Uh, ended up being in Bible college. I did Bible college for a while, um, and then. Kind of that was kind of growing. I could have stayed in that, but there was some stuff. Yeah, if you've ever been in a church, it's kind of a hard thing to get navigate, especially a small one. Sure. Uh, and that didn't work out. And uh, I ended up, I went, uh, I, I take sheet metal in high school. So I love to fabricate stuff. I've always liked, I've always liked that. Sure. Uh, and I knew how to weld a little bit, but, um, and then at that point, I had kind of ditched the motocross deal just because. I was tired of getting hurt. Um, I got all fake teeth. I got a lot of broken bones. Like, I, and I just seen. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, you I have fake teeth. I do have fake teeth. Yeah, <laughs> I tried to do something I shouldn't have. <laughs> and uh, and I can you know I still love riding dirt bikes. I, I I'll have one here and there. Um, but the problem with me on a motocross bike is like you don't I'm know not to stop. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not crazy good at it. Like I'm pretty decent. Um, but you get me on a bike and I'm like, man, I know how to ride this thing. You just see, you yeah. see red. Yeah. <laughs> and my muscles honestly still remember how to do it, but I just don't have the muscles anymore. So, and, and, you know, and, um, but anyway, um, I, I kind of seen the writing on the wall, like I'm competitive. Right. And I'm like, man, I can't, I can't keep doing this. Like I'm going to keep getting hurt and I've lost. Mm-hmm. I, I can no longer, not that I couldn't have went pro, but like there was really no way to make money at it. I was just going to be a, a dude in a van with a dirt bike yep. traveling around. Yeah. I'm like, that, you know, that sounds fun, but. Yeah, for some people, that's the dream. Yeah, yeah. It, which is no disrespect, but I'm like, man, there's no future to that. Sure. I was smart enough to realize that. Um, and that's when there was a local event here. It was called Thursday Night Lights, uh, and it was a heads up drag racing deal. Um, and I went to that, and that was the first drag race that I ever went to that I thought was really cool. Wow. Um, so, well, there, And how old were you when you did this? I was probably 19. Okay. I had a little Honda at the time. So you're 30, so we're 14 years ago. Just trying to give, you give the listener a little, yeah. little timeline for where this is all happening. Yeah, so I was about 19. And this was before I did the Youth Pastor deal. But it, uh, anyway, I was about 19, and uh, they had, uh, you know, there's a – loud music and pretty girls and uh, dollar beer truck and uh, everybody was having fun they were they were gambling on the starting line and um, it was a it was an arm dropper or flag deal so okay. 
and and every class was heads up and mm. you know i seen all these people that were my age and and for me like i'd been in the racetrack my whole life but i hardly ever seen people that were my age yeah. unless they were with their with their dad or mom like how i was right um so i i love that man and that kind of that I would say that my dad probably had this. My dad is 78 now. So when he was a young man and he went to the racetrack for the first time, probably a similar age that I was, Mm -hmm. he saw all his friends. They were messing with the cars that he knew. So I would say that I felt like my dad did when he first went to the track, which Mm -hmm. was kind of, it was exhilarating, right? Like I'm like, man, this is cool. I could do this. Um, And that, not there long after, I started putting together my first like drag car. Okay. Um, and you know, I knew a fair bit from dad, like just cause I've been around it so much, you know, I could take an engine in and out, I could take transmission in and out. I knew how to put a torque converter in and sure. Um, but I didn't, the fabrication side is what really intrigued me. And I had a little MIG welder. I built like my first turbo kit with a flux core MIG welder and it looked <laughs> like crap and <laughs> it ended up working. Um, and it's all that matters. Yeah. And then I, and that was part of what re put that fire back in me to learn more about fabrication, learn more about welding. Um, and that's when I went to a, a local welding school and I just, okay. I, I just took TIG welding because I knew that, um, one of my buddies that came over and welded the roll cage in my Camaro, he tigged it in, did a really nice job, paid him a case of beer. It's a good deal. <laughs> um, but watching him TIG weld, because I'm a squirrely person, man. Like, I'm like, I mean, you know me well enough. Like, I'm 100 mile an hour a minute. Like, I'm yep. going, right? Yep. And to watch him TIG weld, he was kind of the same way. It, like, immediately, like, calmed him down. He was kind of, like, just mm. chilling, like, well, melting metal together. Yeah. And it was so relaxing. Yeah. Um, and that's when I enter, entered uh, school. Man, and that's crazy. It, it, it there, That's almost like a common theme that I'm starting to realize. Like, a common thread for, like, business owners is – we all seem to be like a hundred miles an hour until we get to kind of like what we're doing. It's almost like the business can somewhat be a, a relaxer or th- this thing that calms us down. Cause when you're talking about TIG welding and that being the thing that calms you down, it's the same. I know it's, it's not a, a parallel com- uh, comparison, but with me cleaning floors, man, something about just it's, I know it sounds weird. Yeah, but that's like your thing. Get, getting a, like a scrub brush in my hand and just going, listening to some music. And it's just, um, what, what's the, uh, the fast and furious quote for those 13 seconds. Uh, yeah, of no, nothing else matters. <laughs> yeah. You know? free, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But those 13 seconds, later, so I, I'm very, um, it's, it's, it's the same thing. And, and I, I, I'll be curious to, as I go throughout the, this wide open road trip, to see if there are more stories like that that pop up where, you know, everyone just is going 100 miles an hour. Um, and that's probably just the way that business owners are wired. You almost have to be. But then, like, what's that What's that thing that that kicks you down, you know, takes you down into low gear? Yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty pretty neat hearing you say that. Yeah, I mean, I still – now I don't get the TIG weld as much as – I used to, but, it, you know, that's my favorite thing, you know, yeah. uh, to sit down and relax and, and, and yeah. do that. But, yeah, that kind of – we did that, and then I I ended up getting a job offer before I even finished school. Um, I I do believe that God gives us different gifts and talents, and, and from the time that I pick up a welder, like, it just felt right, man. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know, I, I was in a class of about 25 people, 
And most of these guys had already, because TIG is what you do at the, it's supposed to be like the last deal that you learn, right? You, you, you kind of do everything else. So I, I've entered this thing completely backwards. <laughs> and and I knew how to MIG weld, like I said, from sheet metal stuff. And then I, you know, I was dicking around at the house. and mm-hmm. um, But I picked it up. You know, and, and I always like to be modest, but this is a, I picked it up faster than everybody in my class. Sure. And um, they would have to kick me out every day because um, I would just I would I would cut as much metal as I possibly could, and I would weld until until they told me that I had to leave. Gotcha. And um, so through that, uh, a family friend knew a place that was hiring TIG welders. They just needed, and they're hard. Honestly, it's, they're pretty hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um. And I ended up with my first job without really even looking. And then um, I ended up going. Um, I worked there for about a year, and Tara and I bought our first house and stuff. And then I got, I was at my buddy Spanky's house, which Spanky's also a small business owner now. He owns a barbershop. Mm. But I was welding his motorcycle exhaust, and I was like laying under it, um, working the foot pedal with like my knee or something. And, and his uncle came stopped over to get his haircut his uncle was a welder and he's like you're really good at that and i'm like well man i just you know this i'm just used to this sure and he's like you need to work where i work and um he hooked me up and ended up knowing a bunch of other people that kind of had connections with this company and um i don't want to say the name because they'll actually come back into play here later okay depending on how long we talk but (laughs) um ended up getting a job there and, and for the for welding without traveling in our area, they okay. probably they paid the best. They had the best okay. benefits. It's the best place I could work as a welder, and with plenty of room to grow. Like mm. I could have, you know, I could have done anything there. Mm. Um, and then um, about six, seven months into that deal was when you know Isaiah was born. Shortly after I left the other place, so we were in our house a couple months, and and our first daughter popped out. Her name's Isaiah, so we call her Isaiah. Um, and and then we were there about six months, and that's when I met Brad, my partner. Um, Brad and and Jeffy can attest to this. Uh, probably one of the most best minds that you've. Oh my gosh! I mean, he's so smart, man, and. Is is it true that he like legitimately, legitimately like tests as a genius? He is, yeah. We we joke about it, but he he literally is a genius, you know. But he drinks enough Bud Light to like really <laughs> bring it down. You know what I mean? Like he's a redneck genius. <laughs> uh, and uh, and and Brad had so our story is a unique one. We actually met at the racetrack. I had that turbo. It was a turbo third gen and. Um, Camaro. Just screaming bald eagles. Yeah, it was awesome. I didn't know what I was doing, but it was awesome. <laughs> Love that car. Uh, if, if anybody doesn't know what a third-gen Camaro is, just think Joe Dirt and then turn him into a car. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, a that's, that's pretty much it. It's the <laughs> ultimate redneck machine. Uh, so I met Brad at the racetrack, and, and we kind of talked, and you know he thought the car was cool, and uh, I think he did at least. He's probably – now that I know him, he was critiquing the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we were – and then shortly thereafter, Brad worked at a shop that did fab work. Okay. okay. And they, they were kind of like this catch-all shop. They did some regular uh, some regular maintenance stuff, and then they did also some fab work. And uh, Brad had a welding, like a TIG welding cr- question. So Brad 
can do anything. He mm-hmm. actually is a pretty fair TIG welder. Um, I'm just always have been better at it. You know, that's kind of what I've specialized in. Uh, so he had some welding questions and, and where he worked was only like five minutes from where my job was at. Okay. And I worked second shift at the time. So I literally was seeing nobody, man. Second, their second shift was miserable too. I had to be there at like two o'clock and I worked till four in the morning. It was a horrible shift. What? I'm yeah. Trying to, so we would work I ran out of fingers. Yeah. So we would work four days. That was the good thing of it. Okay. Is basically, you go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then you'd be off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, okay. but you didn't have to go back into work until 2 o'clock on Monday. Monday. Okay. Um, so, but we would work a lot during that, sure. you know, during that time. And we wouldn't always work till 4 in the morning, just depending if we were on overtime or what. <clears throat> so anyway, me being a people person, I'm kind of dying to just talk to somebody because I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, we have a baby. Uh, you know, I'm working this weird shift. I really don't see my wife much because she's still working. And, you know, so like I'm watching the baby, she's sleeping. Then it's kind of this, yeah. you know, so, you know, to go see a person and talk about welding, you know, that was in race cars. It was a great opportunity. Wow. So I went in and I brought some stuff with me and we just chatted. And, and, um, and again, I'll, I'll kind of, I want to squirt some belief of the way that I think into here. Sure. And, and and just to preface it, I I don't care how anybody thinks. And that probably is going to sound a little harsh, but, like, I love everybody the way that they are, mm. period. Yeah, It's not my job for any of that, but I know what Jesus has done for me personally. Mm. And, I you know, I hope that you have some relationship like that. But I walked in and um, I looked at Brad, and this shop was dirty. And... I hopefully Jeffy can attest that our shop's normally pretty clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is honestly the underlying reason why it is. Uh, <laughs> I wanted a clean shop always, but it's tough. But this shop was so dirty. And Brad was like this bright light in this dingy place. Like, <laughs> like the lights sucked. It's craps piled up everywhere. And like, I'm talking to him and he showed, he had just fabricated this razor cage and like, it was like a super extra razor cage. I mean, it was it looked phenomenal. It was so cool. And like all these people that were there were kind of, you know, I just didn't feel like they saw his potential, right? Sure. Like he was just this underutilized. And then we got to talking and he had had his own business and some stuff happened and um, basically needed a place to put his equipment. And this place kind of offered that up to him to be able to store his stuff there. And then he worked there and it was kind of a whole thing, you know, stream of things. And, and to make this part of the story shorter so we can talk about more stuff. Um, basically I called him, you know, three or four weeks later, kind of told him what I thought and that I felt like if we, um, if if we partnered up, we could build some of the best race cars in the country. Wow! Uh, and neither one of us had ever really done that, <laughs> right? Like we we had the we had the idea of how that needed to go. Right. And and uh, anyway, uh, he said that he thought the same thing, and um, he told me that he he said to himself basically that he would never go into business with anybody ever again because he had a partnership deal on this mm. other deal and. Um, I don't know why. You said, I'm not anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out, you know. Do we take a second so he can leave? No. No, it's good. Okay. It's a, hey, we're, in a, we're in a real live yeah. race shop here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. things are happening. Yeah. Uh, 
And, uh, yeah, we, we started looking for spaces right after that and uh, rented our first shop, which was like a 1,000 square foot. It was, it was like 600 and, um, 675 bucks a month is what we pay, paid for that unit. It's kind of the bad part of town. And, you know, as they say, I guess we'll dive into whatever you want to yeah. dive into. But, you know, the, uh, the, the real key to it, though, is um, to the foundation point, I kind of told God um, that I didn't want to go into business with someone that didn't think like me. I think like, mm. and that offends people. I, sure. I, I get that. But but the problem with it is you can differ on a lot. Me and my wife are completely different. But if you think the same about this, like a few real foundational yeah. things yeah. about mm-hmm. the way that you want to navigate life and, and, and more of the lens that you're going to look through life right. from. Does your, does your vision match up? Absolutely. It yeah. has to. And, and people I think people get so excited about stuff like, you know, it's a pretty girl or this person's really talented or whatever that they skip over the boxes that they need to check so that they're not miserable later. Mm. And, so I told God, I'm like, I don't want to do this if this person doesn't think the same way I do. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I just kind of heard him say, like, I'll fix it. And I'm like, all right, I'll trust you in that. Sure. Uh, and about six months later, but we did, to preface, we when we signed the lease on the building, I asked Brad, like, do you care if I pray over this spot yeah. and we'll do it together? And, you know, up until that point, and you could ask, I don't know. Uh, if a friend of Brad's had ever prayed with him out loud. I have no idea. I, sure. I think that probably was the first time. And, um, you know, I just prayed like I always do, man. And um, anyway, I could tell that, like, that really, it resonated with him. It meant something to mm-hmm. him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then about six months later, uh, he started coming to church with me. Wow. And um, gave his life to the Lord. And, like, it's awesome. our vision on that aspect from that point has always been exactly the same. You know, it, sure. it, it, that, that day that foundation was laid. Um, and it, you know, and in my opinion, that's always saved us through the, the lean times, right. Or yeah. the, you know, the times we have to make hard decisions and, yeah. uh, yeah, it worked out, yeah. worked out just fine. That's pretty cool. And is it, is, is it still true? You, y'all pray over every race car that, that gets done, right? We do. Yeah. Every that's awesome. car that's a full build, like, um, and we still do it with other people too, but we, especially like every car that's a complete 10 soldier car, they get prayed for when they leave the shop. Gotcha. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Once again, it's just, it's just so cool just to, to hear how much emphasis and thought, um, and, and intentionality, like, yeah, emphasis you put on starting with a solid foundation. And I, I think that, is is and has been so critical and crucial to the success that you guys uh, are having. I I think I told you a few weeks ago when I was here. I said y'all probably have the best reputation when it comes to to race cars. I think right now in in the industry. Now there's obviously some really large scale race car shops um, that have been around for decades, um, but man, just just seeing like the growth and it used to be. I feel like even I don't know, five years ago, six years ago, you were say, you know, 10 soldier race cars, people were like, hey, who is that? And now it's the, the reputation and just the, 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 the acknowledgement that 
10 soldier race cars has uh, is amazing. I think it just, it all comes back to that foundation. Um, but so I want to kind of switch gears, you know, from the foundation and just, just hearing just the winding road that is life um, that took you to where you are now. Um, I, I want to switch gears from that and kind of, uh, what, if you could like kind of reflect, man, are, are there, you know, put yourself in the mind of maybe another, a young um, or new small business owner that's just starting out. Um, are there some things that maybe, man, you would do differently when it, then uh, d- that you would do differently now, you know, you know what you know now, um, maybe going back to where you, when you started and when you and Brad started 10 soldier, is there anything you would do differently? Um you know, maybe think of one or two. Start a race car business? <laughs> <laughs> Not that. <laughs> um, no. Um, so, and, and, and sorry to cut to cut you off. I mean, and one thing I think of is like the accounting aspect yes. uh, of business. And actually, I, 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 did, I didn't I was, have any emphasis on it, and now I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah, and that's something that I'm. We're, we've we've been really lucky on is like I've never been like a super numbers person mm-hmm. and um and a lot of this stuff man it's like i'm gonna tell you but a lot of it was luck that we did it at the right time but now so i'm gonna give you my tips some okay. of the stuff we did some of it we didn't um the accountant we did right away um I have a really good family friend that is an accountant that has known uh me since I was like three or four, okay. right? Just a phenomenal family friend. Her her husband is into cars. We still work on stuff for him. and um, But she's been our accountant since day one. And she provides us more than just being an accountant, okay? okay. Uh, she, uh, I always tell her she keeps us legal for less. Uh, <laughs> but she is, she, and I get that it's going to be really hard to duplicate this person. Um, but she has, from day one, she's done all of our books She's done, um, she's just kept track of everything for us. Um, I mean, everything, Jeffy, everything. So I would say for advice, the things that you already know are not your strong suits. You need to find somebody to fill that blank right away. Even if you can't afford them, you figure out how to pay them because it's, it's way more expensive to get a good accountant on the back end than it is to pay one on the front end. Yep. Um, and you never want to owe the government money. Never. <laughs> they are ruthless. So, <laughs> they are ruthless. Um, so they do not care. No. Number one, get a good, have a good accountant. Number two, you need to, uh, to if you have a partner, you need to know what the the, the divorce plan is before you even go forward. Okay. That's something that Marsha. Oh, I shouldn't say her if you get it out. That's something <laughs> that our accountant sat Brad and I down when we laid out the business, we started the LLC. She helped us with all that stuff. Tara also helped us with the LLC stuff. But she's like, you boys need to have a divorce plan before you start. Okay. And that people hate that, but it's true. So that you know that this is now like, you know, that divorce would be way harder and I'm, I don't see one coming or, or any of that. Uh, because we, Brad and I honestly, we don't really ever fight, but that we laid it out. Mm. If this happened, this is what we need to do. Okay. Which was really good. Super smart. Um, and again, that was just from good advice from our accountant. The other thing that you need to have is, is you need to have a good banker, which the banker piece for us honestly hasn't happened until like the last six months. Okay. So we've, we, 
always did stuff the hard way. Okay. And, and I'm, I think that there's a really good component of that, of not knowing, like, don't borrow money, just do it and have sweat equity and stuff. Yeah. That's great. I'm, we didn't start this business independently wealthy. I hope to end on it, on that. Sure. Um, but it's not like we had cash to burn. And I'm helping you. I got my bill. I got my, yeah, my, yeah, my yeah, bill today. Jeff, I'm, I'm helping you get there. Yeah, Jeff, Jeffy's helping us a little bit at a time. <laughs> but the reality is, is you if you want to grow, you need capital to do that. Woo! You hear that, boys and girls? Does this sound familiar? <laughs> you have to. And, and a lot of us, since we're not, we're, we're, we're workers, right? Yep. We just want to do it the hard way. Well, yep. there's way better ways to do that. Uh, if you have a good person that can give you advice and to understand the way that money flows, I had no idea that, you know, and, and anyway, we, we are under contract now to buy uh, a new space. Uh, we're right now we're in like 3,500 square foot. Um, and we're moving to hopefully as long as everything goes good, we'll sign the contract next week. It'll be ours. Uh, it's like 13,000. So it's, it's on two acres. It's way bigger, right? But wow. when we did this, it, you need if you're a small business owner getting started, our bank accounts now are through a large bank, okay? Yep. Um, because uh, it's basically the bank that Tara and I banked with personally, okay? And we were young. So w- that was the easy thing to do was just to set up our accounts there. Sure. It, it, you know, then that way there was no whatever. Well, they have never offered us any help or advice. Okay, because we're a small fish in a big sea to them. Sure. Well, now we're working with a local bank. Okay. That's a small bank. That when we started the journey of the this buying this building, we had never done any business with them, but we walked in. We had a face to face meeting. They went over all of our financials. They went through our goals as a company. They, you know, all that stuff. And it was so refreshing to see someone on the other side that really cared about, like, you know, okay. pers- you know, what I mean, like, yeah. I know they yeah, don't know yeah. us, but they cared about our business plan. And, you know, we ended up obviously working out a deal with them. And part of our deal with them moving forward is once the business, the building closes, we will end up moving our accounts uh, to them. Okay. Um, which is going to be a pain because of all the auto pays and all yeah. that stuff. Oh, you know gosh. what I mean? Yeah. But, but anyway, I wish that, we would have, when we started, we had the good accountant, uh, you know, we had, you know, the, that divorce piece figured out, um, but we didn't have the good bank. Mm. So if we would have had the good bank early on, there would have been a lot of seasons of our life that would have probably been easier because we would have known when to borrow if we needed it or like we just never did. So we just gotcha. always did things yeah. the hard way. Right. Um, and we did like we bought like ended up like our race trailer, like we financed that to like build some business credit. We did a couple of things that I we just knew to do that we were going to, because we knew we wanted to get into the space. So sure. we we did some smart things, but we, we would have done so much more mm. if we would have had a banker that understood the flow of our business. I gotcha. And they would have helped us understand the flow of our business more because we there was questions that we needed to ask that we didn't know to ask. Okay. And we didn't have anybody ask them. Yeah. Um, so that's that. And then my other piece of advice is, um, I have really two to three people that are smart, older gentlemen Mm. that are business owners that are, and I'm lucky the people that I have, I don't know how that I've made contact with all these amazing people over the years, but I have, um, older guys, 
Uh, in the Bible, it's it's the Paul Timothy relationship, yeah. which if you don't know about that, it's basically Paul's the older guy, Timothy is the younger, and and Paul is discipling Timothy on the ways of you know how to navigate life, basically. Um, so I have a lot of Pauls in my life, and they just so happen to be incredible business people, just incredible. Okay, you know, one of them uh, retired as a vice president of of of, uh, and I won't say the name, was a huge utility company, you know dealt with money that we hopefully we see in our lifetime but you know what i mean like he traded power so just again he's actually a genius also just a phenomenal mind um i can call him i could call him at four in the morning if i had to like my kids call him you know uncle his name and um then i have uh, another guy that uh me and his son has been friends for years just when I think of Jesus, I think of this man. Mm. He's just an incredible person. Uh, owns uh, a, basically a tractor business. It's more than tractors now, but just to be vague for the podcast, it's they have multiple locations. Like it's a it's a big tractor business. <laughs> and uh, but he's uh, in the last couple of years when we had to start figuring out some of this, you know, when to borrow money, when to do whatever. Um, he's been a such a huge role. And then I have another guy that's been um, – he owns another business, but he also has a race car business that we we share some stuff, and he's an older guy. Just a real solid – like if you need to get advice, he's going to tell you yeah. exactly how it is. Uh, and then, of course, I have my dad, which my dad owned uh, a Napa store. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah that's he, – he sold that when I was little. Um, but, yeah, he owned that for, I don't know, 25 years or wow. something like that. Okay. Had a partner – um, they're still friends. So that was the, you know, that was just encouraging when we entered the partnership thing to see that him and my dad were still, you hear all these horror stories, sure. you know, and my dad did, they did it right. They still go to breakfast. They still, you know, now it's 40 years later, you know, and they're still buddies. Um, so we had, and I didn't know what to call it then. Uh, but that is our, that's our board, right? Yeah. That's our advisory board. I had no idea what that was. I didn't even know we had one. So wow. I started thinking about it a couple of years ago. Um, so good accountant. If you have a partner, figure out your divorce plan. Get a good bank. Have a, a board of advisors. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing about the board of advisors is don't surround your people that are always going to tell you yes. Yes. Yep. yep. You got to have people that challenge the way that you thought, you think, and you want that board of advisors to be where you want to be in, you know, in a number of years. Sure. So that. And I again, I didn't have all those pieces, but I wish that we would have earlier. Right. So. No, that's man. That, that's it, it's, it's this is this is this conversation has been very reassuring for me because I've been thinking of things and and doing things that sound very similar to what you're talking about. And I'm like, well, man, hopefully I'd, I, I I feel better now because sometimes I think like, man, it's just it's the stupidest way of, is what I'm thinking is is it wrong is is it right and, and to hear you. Um, Echoing some of the, some of those thoughts that that I've had is is really encouraging. So, man, that's it's. I, I hope it's this is beneficial for young new business owners. You don't have to be young, but new um, yeah. business owners um, to to hear people who are maybe five. How, how long's Tin Soldier been? Uh, so we'll turn seven. Actually, is it May? It is May. Yeah, Mister. Our Mr. Anniversary. Yeah, it was May. So May 1st was our okay. like, first. So, yeah, we just turned seven 
a few days okay. ago. It's May 10th today. So, yeah. So, I mean, for for people listening, you know, if you want to hear where a small business, you know, could be, you know, seven years ahead of you, like, I feel like that's what you just said. It's just phenomenal um, advice. Now, um, we we've we've covered you know the foundation and and the kind of the 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 growth of the business and um, kind of how some of the things you you've put in place to get to where you are now. Um, Ten Soldier to me, and and you can confirm or deny, deny this, but I feel like over the past year to two years, like the business has just exploded. And um, I, I'd like for you to kind of talk about maybe some things that you guys have have been intentional about doing to to cause that growth. You know, I, I think about the, y'all's y'all's social media presence now, your apparel, you know, uh, part of the business. Um, just kind of the the I know you may or may not want to talk about, but like you've got some other manufacturing going on that is not you know solely yeah. race car stuff um so kind of uh talk about you know for a few minutes about some some steps you guys have intentional steps you guys have taken to really um facilitate that growth yeah so it was probably about year three that you know we got we got pretty good at building a high quality race car pretty fast Mm. okay so we were and we were lucky in that and we had the skill to thankfully we had the skill to back that up sure and um so the race car, the demand for us to build race cars grew exponentially fast, like faster than we could ever. Like our first few years, we moved uh, a couple of times. Like we got to the building that we're in now in like year three. So like, you know, the first building was a thousand square foot. The next one was 2,500. This one's 3,500. So we were like, bam, bam, bam into this space. And, you know, it was just Brad and I. We couldn't, you know, and then we ended up, we had a, a, a an employee that had been with us for a while. Joran was our first employee. Um, and then Joran did some other stuff. And then we say he came back home. And then now he's actually in Australia doing some stuff. Uh, but then we got a Jaybird. I think Jay started in year three. Okay. Um, so between, at that point, it was me, Brad, and Jaybird. Uh, in year three, and the demand for race cars was unreal, Jeffy. I mean, it's, unreal. Like, it, it, and that's probably uh, about when maybe you made your fo- first phone call somewhere around there, probably year three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, because back then that was still a hundred bucks to get your name on the list. Yeah, it was like. cheap. You know, I mean, it was, <laughs> and we were still honestly figuring out what it would actually cost to because we got we got thrown in the world of building turnkey. High end race cars. Say, yeah, high end is this. These 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 aren't. Yeah, they're, they're they're nice. Yeah, and, and we didn't because Brad and I never worked for anybody, man. Like we had an idea of what I had. We had an invoice, and, and this is and I know the dude now. I've told him this. We're good buddies, but uh, I had it. We had an invoice from a car that, that this other top level guy had quoted. Okay, and that's <laughs> kind of where we, you know kind of took a lot of our pricing from was this deal, right? Uh, and, and honestly, it was still way too cheap. And, uh, you know, that's what we were figuring out. So year three, the demand was high. We didn't have a lot of them. We had the three of us. Um, and then, you know, we 
trying to navigate how to build these things faster and more of them. Mm. Uh, and, and Scal- scaling. Scaling, you know, and, and we tried to bring, and we did, we brought in some other people and, uh, you know, other guys that were welders. They weren't necessarily race car guys. And that's where a re- we really started to see the growing pains of actually building a race car. Okay. Um, of, and, and to my point, I don't know if you remember this point of the conversation when I was, I was welding that exar- yeah. uh, that Harley exhaust, and I was just using my knee. Okay. Okay, I thought everybody could do that. Everybody was a welder. I thought that's, that's what you can do. You're a welder. You know, you, you, can, you can do this. So the, the, the demand to build cars for us was a lot higher than what we could even begin to put out. So that's when we started looking for employees and stuff. And, and, and to my point earlier where I was talking about working the foot pedal with my knee, welding that Harley – I just assumed that all welders could do that. And this is really naive of me. I, I didn't understand how naive it was until later when we actually tried to find employees. So I just automatically assumed that that all welders could kind of do what I did and like and that people, you know, could kind of have a brain of how something would end up. Mm. Well, that's just not it, man. I and we're you. in a really we're in a really specialized industry that takes a, a high amount of skill, but honestly, in as an industry, if you're looking at it in welding or just industrial manufacturing, the pay is low. So, like, you have you need high skilled people, but yeah. the pay for the job in the scheme of industrial, if you're looking at it as a whole of you know industrial fabrication, this and that. It's a low pay. Mm. So, you know, we tried to figure that out. And, you know, we had some difficult jobs. We had some stuff that kind of like really made me, me and Brad, like think about it. And we're like, man, we're never, this is not an effective business to scale. Mm. It's not, it's not a viable option because now we're, we're having to replicate ourselves and if you I replicate see. yourself, then they're just going to go out and do it on their own anyway. Sure. Um, sure. And to find that was exceedingly difficult. You know, it just, it was really tough. Um, so my buddy Ty that's in this building with us, he owns a, a company called TCS Motorsports, which they specialize in just Toyota MR2 parts. Okay. Um, Ty uh, shipped parts. Okay. He, he, I don't go all the way into it, but basically UPS picks up from him every day. He ships parts, which thankfully now that happens with us too. But, you know, he, he was really encouraging us to do that. And and we knew that that's where we wanted to be. Um, Our business model, as we got a little older, we were, you know, about that year three mark was we wanted to manufacture parts, but we wanted to have a thoroughly good, understanding of how a race car worked how we got it down the racetrack what parts we needed that weren't maybe on the market um because we wanted to be able to back up what we sell sure right like i'm buying a tin soldier part because the cars that they build are awesome yeah yeah. that's a great that's a great business model so that's when we started really thinking about how to do that well, at that point, though, we had like a schedule that was like, you know, it's totally full. <laughs> We're trying to uh, navigate all these builds. Really, the shop space, even at that point, wasn't big enough um, for the amount of cars that we needed to pay all of our employees. And 
it it kind of that's that is the one like that there was like a six month period of I honestly personally I kind of was in a dark place like I didn't want to come like like the business was starting to be overwhelming because yeah. you're putting in all this work and you're not really making any money like it's yeah. you know you're just you know you're surviving which yeah. is so that's when we really we to use a football term we we punted right mm. we're like we're not going to do it like this this is not this is not an option mm. so we started we we created our first website Tara actually did that um i had kind of got my brain like i wanted we wanted this really trick website that was amazing and i had a buddy that could do it but it never really like he never really had time like sure um so we ended up just using a shopify and okay. that's what our platform still is today shopify yeah. And that was the best thing we ever did, man. It is like tip, and I probably can speak to most business owners. We want it to be perfect before we launch. Well, sometimes, and that's a great deal, but sometimes it just needs to go. Go. Yep. Like, yep, you're right. So our Shopify started with, um, you know, Tara just kind of working it out. And we had a basic theme and all the pictures on the, on the site were just, uh, you know, just cell phone pictures. Um, and you know what we did? We sold parts. Yep. Even though the website wasn't yep. what it, what we wanted it to be, even though the pictures weren't that great, we were selling parts because of the cars that we were building. Correct. So we're like, not this, because of your website. Yeah. Not, and nobody cared, you know, and I would do like now, like once we get through this building deal, I would like to, you know, revisit and, sure. and work something out. But to, you have to walk before you crawl. And yep. most of us don't realize that. Yeah. Even me, I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't know. Uh, so that's when I would say after year three and we started really going down that road of trying to figure out more parts, we, we started telling everybody no um, as far as building cars. Um, you know, there's, there is still cars out there today, but it's not – Jeffy's one of them. You were an early customer. Uh, there's some other early customers. I'm trying to go for uh, longest customer. Yeah, he got, he got stuck in paint. But, <laughs> but anyway, you know, like it – it started turning into where, you know, we were saying no because we just wanted to clear out this schedule. And what what most people, this is going to sound crazy, but it took two years to do that, you know, of what, what was already on the schedule. Then plus like, you know, guys that were, were already out there racing that we have to, you know, maintain yeah. their cars. Like that was a huge piece of it that we didn't really know was going to be a piece when we first started was, you know, these things, they break a lot and, and they do like, you know, a guy that's racing hard, they're going to be changing stuff. And, and for your brand, that's who you want to cater to, you know, like that you want the guy that's going every weekend to go race, you know, with sure. a big 10 soldier sticker on it. Like that's the guy that you want to make sure like his stuff's run because he's using it. Sure. Um, so it did. It took a while to clear that out. But during that time, um, the the car builds did start to take longer than we wanted because Brad and I had made a conscious decision to invest in this, invest our time into the online parts, right? So we only had, you know, a couple of employees that were working on cars and we were still working on cars, but not as much because we're dividing our time. And we knew that going in, right? Like I, you know, we knew that we were going to quote unquote, almost have a rough couple of years of trying to dig ourselves out of the hole and and start steering the ship in this new direction and it's very encouraging to hear you say like you know about our marketing 
Um, because we've always been pr- pretty fair at getting people excited. Mm. And that was the other piece was like, dude, our t-shirt sales were always awesome. We would sell a lot of t-shirts and my I've buddy a killer logo. It's, I mean, a, just, it's an awesome In addition logo. to the, just the name, just the logo, which is phenomenal. So one of my buddies, he's like, and, and we were already working on selling parts, but he's like, you guys are idiots. Like you, people buy your shirt because that's the only thing that they can buy from you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like you're not wrong, right? Like, so that's when that parts journey came on. And the one thing that I'm proud of that we've, that we've always tried to stay true to, and, and this is more of a credit to Brad than it is to me. We, we want parts for everybody. Okay. So like we build high end race cars, but at heart, Brad and I are still those kids in the garage with the flux core MIG welder Mm. with our turbo LS that don't have a lot sure that are trying to put together somewhat of a quality piece. Sure. So I don't want 10 soldier to ever forget that that's where we came from. Yeah. Even though this is where we're going, I want to sell parts for the guy that, you know, has that, you know, why that's why And people probably think I'm funny, but like most of the time when people call, I talk people out of stuff because I, I don't want to sell them a nine inch when they can get it done on an eight, eight. It, okay. You know, like in for the podcast land, like basically I'm trying to sell them something that's cheaper, that that's what they need and not oversell them on something else. Cause I know that's how we get a return customer. You know, you give them this product now, well, maybe in a few years he's making better money and you mm-hmm. know, he wants to upgrade the car or whatever. He'll come back and he'll remember that you took care of him and sold him what he needed, not what he wanted. Sure. Um, but that was that transition, you know, and then, um, as that grew, uh, we had to bring in different staff for that and, um, you know, kind of figure out a whole new business, which are, we're still figuring that out as it goes. So at year three, you know, the parts uh, were year three, four was probably 10 percent of our revenue. And then the, you know, the cars were still 90. Then the next year. It, it was probably a 25 or 30 percent mm. and then 70. Uh, and I don't remember everything without looking back. But sure. now the the la- the year that we the last year that we came off of, which would have been 2021, um, the parts were 75 percent of our business and the cars were only 25. Um, and we're on track now uh, this year to do more gross revenue than we've ever done just on the website without even the cars. Wow. Um, because you're, it's far easier to sell a person, you know, a hundred dollar part than a hundred thousand dollar car. Like it, it, and and honestly, like you say a big number like that, you're like, man, it's super expensive car. Well, really, man, like, you know, they're, they're honestly even more than that. And you're still like what, what it takes to build the car labor hours wise, you never be able to charge it. No, you never would. And even if you knock that out in a month, my website, our website can still be more profitable than that. Sure. So why? Right. So, you know, the, the cars will always be, you know, some sort of a, uh, of a advertisement piece for us. Um, you know, I, I don't want to ever get out from building them completely like kind of the way it is now. And we are going to rebrand the cars. Um, and I'm going to say this, but I might have you edit it out because I don't want anybody to steal it. Uh, <laughs> I, so I'll let you see how you feel about it. But uh, I love 
looking at other brands of how they how they um just market and honestly i don't even like to look at race car marketing that's going to sound really crazy but race car marketing in my opinion has always been so niche like niche or however you want to say it you know kind of everybody does it the same way like you know it it is what it you know i mean there's not a sure there's not a huge you know whatever right um but like i love red bull okay i I, I love it too a red bull does like such an amazing job because like they're not selling you an energy drink. They're selling sure. you an experience. Sure. And, and one of the things that they do is they have like a, a whole, if you don't know this, Red Bull has its own TV. Uh, yeah, Red Bull, TV. Or, 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 or TV. It's free. Yeah. And like, like, but the events that they put on within the TV, the certain events, they call them the Red Bull signature events. Sure. So what, what we would like to do as this, as the parts keep doing what they're doing the cars that we build will be TSR signature cars. Okay. So they're not just they're not just a car. Yeah. They're our signature car. And I got you. And what it will take is clients that they need they want less control, but they want a certain product. I understand. So we want to build them in the way that we want to, like, you know, like like just like your little car, like how I had the dash pin striped and stuff sure. like that. Like I want to, we want to do that more throughout the car. So it's this breathtaking piece that doesn't necessarily like, dude, it's going to take me a year to build it. And they're not sure. going to necessarily care because they're getting sure. this. They're no longer just getting a race car. They're getting something that nobody else can get. Right. And it's branded just for them. Yeah. Um, which I think that's what we'll end up doing. Well, and, and, and what that does, similar to like you're talking about with the Red Bull TV um, or just Red Bull in, in general. So I mean it's 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 like every time I drink a Red Bull, um, I think I can go uh, ride a mountain bike off off the face of a cliff and do you know two yeah. backflips. There's no way I could, but I'm now associated with Red Bull um, because of you know Red Bull. When I think Red Bull, when I drink Red Bull, I think extreme sport. Like man, I I can I can do anything. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so with what you're talking about with the race cars. Even if someone can't afford um, a ten soldier signature car or signature series car, even if they buy a, a, a four link, you know, uh, bracket kit or whatever it may be, well, now they're associated with that, yes. and they're like, "Oh, this isn't just any four link bracket. You know, this is this is this is a ten soldier four link bracket that is, you know." It's the same thing that, that that they use on these signature yes. series cars, and that's how we're already selling them. Like we are, you know. I told somebody the other day, like, dude, we sell brackets with holes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. like I love the dumb down stuff. Like, I, we are not special. Right. Like, I that kind of stuff drives me crazy. Like that, you know, dude. We didn't. We build nine inch housings. They're nice. We build other things that are nice, but you know what, buddy? We didn't come up with the Ford 9-inch. We didn't even come up with the Ford fabricated housing. Sure. Like, we're just giving our spin on whatever it is. Mm. It's not not groundbreaking. Yeah. But what is groundbreaking is the knowledge of what hole to put put it in and how to make that race car go down the track. I want to do that better than anybody. Sure. And, you know, like, Brad, we've... Dove into the YouTube thing, and I can I can touch base on why we did that if you want later. But but like we did a four link bracket video of like we 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 are starting to give the consumers 
information that most chassis shops wouldn't want to give because they're they're making their money off the labor still, but we're not I anymore, understand. right? Yeah. We we're making the money off the product. So I want to be able to sell you a product and even and give you good customer service without even having to talk to you, right? Like sure, because the information is sure. available on the on the internet. You know, you can go to our YouTube channel. You can you know you bought these brackets. We kind of give you some baseline stuff. We tell you how to use them. Like that is the future mm. for us. You know, and, and there's other things too. But man, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it just hearing the the growth and the the vision you have for for the business and just really thinking big picture. It reminds me of somewhat kind of what I'm doing with SFE with the maintenance side of the business. You know, I started out just cleaning floors, just making money off of labor, and similar to where what you guys are thinking. It, you can't scale the business like that. Um, so with the the maintenance piece, you know, right now it's a small portion of the revenue, but I, I'm anxious to see what it does over over the course of, of the next few years and being able to sell uh, parts and pieces to equipment when we go in yes. and, and service them and be. I, I'm, I'm anxious to see you know how long it takes to to, to cross that that line. Um, well, whatever you decide to do in your business, whatever area of your business that you're watering, that's what's going to grow. Mm, that's a great point. And like you, you, despite what you think, like like a lot of times, I think people feel trapped in whatever they're doing. This mm-hmm. is what we have to do. This is how we have to do it. That's not true, man. Just look at the numbers, and and you have to be able to be honest enough with yourself. To look at the numbers and be like, man, even though I love building race cars, yeah, I'm not. We're we're not going to make a good living doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 so critical for for small business owners to realize that it's, and some of them don't. You know, they, they get stuck in in this conundrum of yeah, even though you like doing it, it just may not be you know because because you hear all the time of. Uh, you know, doing what you're passionate about, which is true, but it's maybe maybe what you're passionate about isn't the isn't the the end goal. Maybe maybe it's an avenue to to help you accomplish your goal. You know, building race cars is your passion, but building race cars turned it's turned into has led you into building and selling the the parts piece, right? Yeah, uh, I think a lot of times people get so locked in on just the passion, and five years later they're they're out of business because they never got to that point where they realized like, you know, Hey, maybe the passion is just the, the means to an end. Um, all right. So sorry. We're having a little technical difficulties, a little, uh, battery on the mixer dealio went out. So we were just talking uh, about the, the fact that a lot of small business owners, they get so focused on the passion that, um, sometimes they, they forget that they're owning a, a business and sometimes you have to uh, call an audible or switch the play. And it sounds like it's what, what you guys have done or are doing. You know, your passion is building race cars, but you've realized that in order to scale the business and grow the business, you need to focus on building and selling parts and building the 10 soldier brand. Right. Yeah. So, um, let's, let's shift gears and let's start talking about what's next for 10 soldier race cars. Um, you can share as much or as little as, as you want to. Um, so what, what's on, what's on the horizon? What's the, I know you guys are moving into a new shop, a new building. Um, but what's the five months, you know, year goal or, you know, two year plan. What, what are you thinking? 
So we are, we, we, uh, and hopefully by the time that Jeffy gets this podcast out, we've closed on the building. Um, cause I haven't, I haven't publicly told anybody about this. Um, cause I got some marketing stuff I want to do with it. So you might have to wait until okay. to drop this until that happens. But, uh, uh, yeah, man, we, we, like I said, we're in 3,500 square foot. Um, there's five to six people here every day working. We got one bathroom. Jeffy, you know, with his background, he can tell you how difficult that is. Uh, so we, we had to find something. And, and with the way that the world is right now, we weren't really sure if we wanted to buy uh, just because, like, we, you know, we didn't want to pay a ridiculous amount for it. And um, we ended up, we were looking for lease spaces. Uh, but the, a, really a, a kind of a dream space uh, came up. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it all made sense and, and, you know, we're under contract to buy it. So it's, it's, it's 13,500 square foot. Um, it is on two acres. Um, it's in every bit of it's paved. So it's a big paved parking oh, lot. Oh, wow. So a lot of what we're going to do, um, and I would encourage any business owner to do that. If you're in a spot where you're able to buy something, make sure you have leasable space on whatever you have. Um, that way you can kind of you know, lighten that load, um, for whatever you're not using, for whatever you're not using, which we will grow into all of it. Um, sure. I'm sure, but there's actually already kind of a renter in there. So we're going to move them into uh, a small, basically 4,500 or so square foot of it. Okay. Uh, lease that out to them. And then, uh, that might be kind of short term, maybe six or seven months. Uh, we're also going to be remodeling the space. Uh, it's quite a bit of work. So we actually probably won't even move into there until October or November, Okay. Um, but that a them on this short term deal, that's going to help us kind of figure out what we want to do. And if we're going to have enough space to do what we need to in, in the space that we're thinking. Uh, and then if we need, if we want to continue like a lease with somebody else or whatever, I got you. uh, and then also we're going to redo the parking lot and then we're putting up a, a gate in the back, well, a fenced in area where, um, we already have, you know, we have our, uh, our, home pad. Pad, you know, that, and, uh, we got enough room to do like 60 foot hits. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> so we, we already have a trailer and a motorhome, and, and, and that's really part of like, that's par for the course for drag racing is like, you have to have a big area, right. For sure. all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we got to thinking, we're like, man, we have enough space back here in the back where not only can we park our motorhome and trailer, but we could potentially rent out some spots to, to park more motorhomes and trailers. Uh, so that's that's one thing we're gonna do. We're gonna lease the back parking lot, you know, for X amount of dollars a month to be able to park motorhomes and trailers. Okay. We'll leave some space open, uh, you know, for people that quote unquote race out of our shop. That way, like, we got a car in the shop right now that uh, the guy uh, he's from like like Texas or Oklahoma. Free. Uh, I'm sorry, he's from Washington, um, but he's racing on the East Coast right now, okay. and uh, he's going to St. Louis this weekend. Well. Our parking lot wasn't big enough, so he actually parked his trailer at a buddy's house and then drove the car down here on an open trailer. Okay. Well, you know, which he didn't mind to do that, but it's still inconvenient. So, like, a person like that could come, drop the motor home and the rig off. We're right by Cincinnati Airport, so they can fly yeah, out. Yeah. No big deal. Like, we can do what we need to do, and then they can put the car back in the box and, and go on, which that's another little facet of our business that I like. I like the the maintenance and keeping up on cars. Mm. Like that's a, it's awesome. It's, it's a great deal. So I'd like to do more of that. We'll have the space to do that and then also make money from that. Um, and, uh, 
as we grow into that space, I don't know if it'll happen right off. Uh, we've already been looking for, you know, more equipment as far as like CNC machines, like lathes, wow. stuff okay. like that. Where, you know, right now our our products, uh, you know, it's we're basically using third party machine shops sure. to 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 make stuff for us, which has its own issues and you know lead times and mm. uh, you know with with raw material shortages and stuff like you know what if they're not on the ball they don't order the material on time well now you're you know they're waiting on material and they're waiting on your you know your spot on on their piece of equipment so you know like right now i think we got 14 or 15 anti-roll bars on back order that we've been waiting on like stupid little things and you know people well it's gonna be next week it's gonna be next week it's gonna be next week well to effectively grow like we need to be able to control that sure right and and uh so that's the the new part of the shop will be like a machine shop, right? We'll have, and that might take a little bit because we got to get over the hurdle and buy the building, and then we'll we'll start bringing in more equipment. So that's one piece that's going to be changing. Uh, also, within the last year or so, we got into doing um, some industrial welding, which that came from actually the company that I left uh, when we started the shop. Left there on good terms, which obviously I encourage anybody to do that. Sure, uh, they reached back out, you know, about a year ago, and and were needing help. Uh, and as look, try you know, you try to look into the future. That's what you try to do as a business. You try to see need. Well, I can see that there's not a lot of people that are passionate about welding. There's not a lot of people that are passionate about manufacturing. Well, what we do with building race cars is such a high level of accuracy and craftsmanship and not to pick on like most industrial shops, but this is way different than that. Like I've worked, sure. I feel like I can speak to that because I've worked in both. For us to meet the industrial quality mark, that's a day in the park for us. It's easy because of what we do. I understand. Yeah. So uh, we want to grow that, you know. So we, we're we're already reaching out to more, uh, you know, industrial places to continue. You know, if they're hiring welders, then they need stuff welded. Sure. Or they need stuff manufactured. So within the next five years, I'd like to grow that even more. Um, and that's kind of the way that we're going to think, thinking that the space is going to break up, that we'll, and it will end up having its own uh, you know, little spot. Actually, it'd probably end up going to be a separate business at some point, you know, that it will be, you know, Tin Soldier Industrial or whatever we brand sure. it. Um, just because it's it's far easier to work for a company than it is for a person. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, uh, there's just real opportunity yeah. there. So, and we're doing it anyway. Mm. So, might as well. So, yeah, the machine shop stuff is is the new stuff. And then also, you know, growing the Tin Soldier Industrial side of it. Um and then also just continuing to grow our our media presence. Um, we've invested pretty heavily in that. Um, really, in my opinion, now, and there'll be people that will disagree with me, but every company is a media company first because you are in control of your own advertisement more than you've ever been. Mm. Um, you know, Facebook's free, YouTube's free, Instagram's free, all that stuff is free. Um I mean, why you don't even really need to pay for advertisement anymore? I mean, you can do sponsored ads, stuff like that on Facebook. I get that, but like, it it's it's more plentiful and more free than it's ever been. You just have to have the people in place to be able to navigate through that. So, um, 
we've we've brought on uh you know a media guy my buddy ricky who is phenomenal he's stretched a little too thin at the moment because he is shipping parts and doing our media stuff but back to the point we only have one bathroom uh (laughs) we can't bring in at this point anybody uh to really help with that because we don't have the space uh our shipping room is where me and jeffy are you know we're doing our podcast here so everything happens in this room and it's not you know, it, it's it's not near big enough. The we we want to bring out more product, but we don't have the shelf space. So, like, getting into the new space is going to not only help increase uh, you know products that we want to bring, but it's also going to increase our organization, uh, which is huge for, for mm-hmm. us right now. Like, we don't have a shipping and receiving area. Like, we don't have a lot of the stuff that we really need to, to have to be able to grow cleanly. Sure. Um, so that that's what I'm really excited about on, on that end is just having a designated shipping department. We we honestly during the winter we need more than one person to ship. You know, we need multiple people with multiple computers. Like we move that much stuff now. Wow. Um so we'll have the ability to have all that at this space and then Ricky can go back to just doing and I hate that for him, honestly. Like I, 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 it drives me crazy that he can't just do media because he's so good at it. Sure. Um, but right now, like media, you know, it, it almost, that's what I told Ricky, like the better that he is at his actual job, the, the worse that it's going to be because we sell more product, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. And then also, and this is just me dreaming, man. Like I'm a dreamer. Sure. I like to think, um, I, I think there's a real opportunity for us to have an actual race team. Okay. I would like to, you know, we already have an actual race team. You know, you know, we have, you know, we have a lot of people that help us and that we're really fortunate for that. We leave to go the weekend and that's, it's advertisement for the business. Uh, but I think it could be more than that. I really do. I, I think that we could, you know, we, we, I don't know what that looks like, but I think sure. we could do more with that. Uh, which next five years or so I'd like to, we'll see where we end up. Uh, cause I do like, you know, we like the race car, Brad and I love the race car. Mm. And, uh, I think, you know, you went on, you went on Sunday, you sell so on, Monday. on Monday and that's, <laughs> that's true, man. Like that's, I, that's one of the things I love about the race car business is it can change and it can do all this stuff. But a lot of the tried and true traditions are the same, man. It doesn't, yeah. they won't, they won't go nowhere. Yeah. If you suck at race car, you're not going <laughs> to sell race car parts. <laughs> Yeah, cause, <laughs> so. yeah, no, that's that's awesome, uh, man. It's been so good to to talk to you and you know hear about where where Ten Soldier Race Car started, the journey it took, or you took to get to where you are now, and just there's so many things that you that you, that you have said that have just resonated so so well with me, uh, even to like that last point, like you just, you like to dream. Man, that's it's. I, I love it too. I, I'll just think about what about this? What about that? And uh, it's some ninety nine percent of those dreams will never, you know, happen or never come to fruition. But um, if you don't dream, you, you won't get that one out out of the hundred that 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 is a hit. So uh, I think, man, we're probably an hour and a half into this thing. It's, yeah, we shut her down. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it's so fun. It, it, these these podcasts really fly by when, when you're having fun. I think there's been a lot of valuable content in here for um, other small business owners looking to, to get started or ones that already are started. So, um, yeah, we'll kind of wrap it up with kind of one last question for you. If uh, if you kind of had to give parting words of, of advice to, to other business owners, um, 
any last thoughts or advice from you? I do. I got so when I left the company that I worked for welding, like I left their their security, right? Like their mm. you know, like I, I left that paycheck every week. And um, you know, it was a good paycheck. It really yeah. was. And and I know what I got paid per hour then, but now I weld stuff for the same company. And I know what we get paid per hour now. <laughs> so it was a, it's really, you know, whatever you think the limit is, it, it's way more than you could ever imagine. Mm. You just have to be willing to jump off that cliff and leave that security. And, sure. and uh, yeah, it really panned out. Yeah. So, you know, in that regard, it was just funny. I, yeah. So No, that, that's awesome. There's, there's, um, so many times you hear about people who talk about starting um, a business but never never make that leap. So, well, and, well, and the last thing while Brad's standing in here and <laughs> made me think about it is uh, just make sure that you surround yourself with talented yes. people, man. Like yeah. it, you know, um, a lot of times I get way too much credit because I'm the vocal one, right? I'm the one that's willing to sit down with people and talk or, you know, I'm the one on the YouTube and, um, you know, and Brad's done more now because I force him, you know, really, because people want to hear from him because he's, you know, he's so gifted. But, you know, Brad is a worker and I'm also a worker, but Brad, it's more of a, he, he, he is kind of an introvert, but he's not like he'll still talk to people and stuff. Um, I've tried to get him out of a shell. You know? Yeah, you've done a great job with that. <laughs> but, but you have to have, you know, in the beginning, our original plan was Brad to build and design it, and then I'll weld it and I'll, and, and you know, I'll kind of handle the promotion side of stuff. So, and that's still true to this day. It's the same basic plan. It's, it's had some twists and turns. Uh, but because he's so good at what he does, I'm able to pour into the advertising like I do. Right. Sure. And now we're bringing more people in that are like, a, like, you know, Ricky with the advertisement and stuff and, you know, more of that. But, it takes a team, man. And if you try to do it by yourself, that's the guy or lady or, or whatever that's working seven days a week that's not making no money because yeah. you're scared to turn loose of things. And that's probably what most people, I would say, struggle with in small business the most mm. is it's it's hard to turn loose of things. Mm. Um, you know, and I learned that in year three, right? Like I, we were trying to turn loose of things. But it wasn't working because the task that we were asking them to do was too much. On that, and you've told me this story once, and we'll, we'll end on this story. I don't know if you can remember it. Uh, was it Joran or Dalton? Who somebody was welding something, and um, you you'd gotten to the point where you were just like, "Well, I'll just do it," and you you. you you like you stepped back and you're like, man, what? I'm not doing them any good. I'm not helping them grow. Do you know what story I'm talking about? Um, pro- there's probably multiple, but yeah. um, if if you could pick one, what think of a story like that where you, like you you and remember a, a moment where you had to let go and trust someone else to do what they are also gifted at. Yeah. Um, well, the 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 rear ends were so we we build fabricated nine inches and they're they're beautiful they really are they're really nice and we did have we had an older guy that had kind of come in and uh 
and and I was building them. And then this older, uh, he was a little older than us. He came in and was doing, he was doing a phenomenal job, right? He he really good at it. But that just that relationship just didn't work out. He just didn't jive with some stuff, and that's fine. Um, so at that point, I was back to you know building rear ends, which I'm you know, I'm not too proud to do anything. I understand like that's one thing that I'm re- I am we're lucky at is. You know, any job here between Brad and I, we can do it, sure. right? So if everybody, you know, if it blew up tomorrow, Brad and I could still, you know, I mean, we're not dependent, which I'm happy for. Um, but Dalton, uh, Dalton is 20 now, and he came to us when he was 18. You know, he was a, just a he. He was in trade school and uh, in welding and loved race cars and and literally wouldn't take no for the answer. You know, like, and I love that about him. Uh, so we we worked a lot with him, you know, and and the came the day that I, you know, Brad and I talked and like fundamentally he was a, he 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 could weld one of these together and do a really nice job, um, and you know, and I kept holding on to it, mm. and I'm like, man, if we're gonna grow, like I can't be sitting back here welding all day on this piece, like. That helps us in the meantime, but for the future, that doesn't do us any good. Sure. Um, so just working with him, and now he's at the point where he doesn't even need me anymore. Yeah. You know, like if we can give him a build sheet, but mo- and myself included, we're scared of that time, that investment. We've already made a huge investment in Dalton, but we had to make a, a bigger one and teaching them this specific skill. We're always scared that that is you know well what if they do this or what if they leave or what you know, all this time has been wasted yeah but if you don't turn loose of the reins then like you're stuck you, right you know you can't do it you know you're yeah. you're never going to be able to do all this on its own mm-hmm. and and now like you know i can like people call all the time and and tell us how nice the product is when we get it well now i'm getting in the habit where a lot of times i'll go out and surprise dalton i'll give him the phone and i'm like hey this guy wants to talk to you so that he knows that what he's doing wow. is appreciated, That's cool. not just by me and sure. Brad, but like by the person that he's actually building this for, mm. they appreciate it. Yeah. Um, which honestly, employees like benefits us and we could go to a whole different thing. But my last thought that we can quit is the people that are around you, make sure that they know that they're appreciated mm. and take time to watch them and to understand how they feel appreciated. Cause you can appreciate someone all day long in the way that you want to be appreciated. But if you're not talking their appreciation mm-hmm. language, they're, they'll miss it. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, it's so, so great. What's the, was it the, the five love seven languages, love seven, language, seven yeah. love languages or, or, or whatever. So yeah. And, and cause yeah, if, if you don't, you don't have employees, you're not going to be able to to grow. You're going to be stuck with with you and Brad doing it all. So. Yeah, which I love my buddy, but you know, it just, <laughs> it's not real. It'll work. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, Jason, it sounds like we might have to do another one of these episodes down, down the road. Okay. You know, we, we I feel like we just scratched the surface. So, um, man, yeah, it's a great great uh, point to end on with um, you know loving your employees and and how you take care of them and just you know that. Outside of you know making products and selling products, um, who are the people? Who are the hands behind those products? And um, how do you take care take care of of, of those hands? So, uh, yeah. Well, man, thank you so much for 
doing this uh phone's ringing yeah. uh, <laughs> um, you know thank you so much for coming on for the first installment of the wide open podcast road trip so um i think we'll shut her down here um once again thanks man appreciate it love you dude love you too bud all right look at your maverick a little more let's go do it <laughs> all right we're out of here thanks guys see you